my name's Joe Berry, and um, I'm a data scientist at Edited. Um, at Edited, we help the retail industry make data-driven um, decisions. And today, I'm going to show how big data can be leveraged to um, help us answer questions like this that are on everyone's minds. What do millennial pink, men's rompers, and unicorns have in common? I have to say a little caveat. I don't want to disappoint anyone, but today I'm just talking about big data, um, machine learning, can be used on top of big data, but that's a whole another presentation which I'm sure some of the other speakers will be talking about. Right, let's get straight into it and ask this question. Will male rompers and unicorns sell this summer? If, I, if you, someone was to ask me off the top of my head, intuitively, I might say yes. I've seen them at a few runway shows this year. One or two major retailers have just begun to stock them and they're generating some social media buzz but someone else's intuition might suggest the exact opposite. They're unexpected, they're unusual, they could just be a fad, um, and ideas on the catwalk don't always translate to the high street. What I want to highlight here is that intuition can be ambiguous. Using intuition alone to predict trends in retail can be challenging. We don't know how consumers will react to new ideas in fashion, and trends can be as much consumer-driven as they are industry-driven. What I mean by this is that a consumer-driven trend can seemingly pop up from nowhere. Unlike an industry-driven trend, consumer-driven trends um, do not necessarily follow the industry or catwalks, and retailers have to react rapidly to the sudden demands of consumers. This greatly reduces the power of industry knowledge and intuition as predictors for trends in retail. So apart from intuition, what else can we use um, to help us maybe get better at predicting these consumer-driven trends? Well, the clue is in my job title. Thanks to the boom in online shopping, we now have a vast amount of data to help inform our de decisions in the retail industry. Apparel is the biggest e-commerce industry in Europe, and over 88% of us have shopped online in the past month. At Edited, the focus of our company is providing easy access to this data, and I'm now going to demonstrate the power of data by trying to answer a question about a trend that is currently in full swing. This question is, could we have predicted Millennial Pink? Now, I'm sure most of you have heard of Millennial Pink. It was a term coined back in 2016 um, when the color became popular. This year, we've seen an equal, if not greater, interest in the color. The fact we have a specific word to describe the shade shows just how popular Millennial Pink has become. Standing here today, using industry knowledge and intuition, it's pretty obvious how popular Millennial Pink has become. Celebrities are wearing it, it's all over social media, and we even see influences of it in art, architecture, and food. But could we have predicted how popular Millennial Pink was going to be this season? And can we prove that this season's trend in Millennial Pink is popular or even more popular than we've seen before? Well. Using data, I'm now going to present four observations to try and answer these questions. My first observation is that using data, I'm able to show that pink undergoes a strong seasonal trend each year in terms of new pink products coming onto the market. This trend begins around October and ends around April. Let's take a look at the data that supports this observation. So here is an average-looking graph, not that pretty. Um, don't worry too much about what the axis says, because I'm going to describe them in a minute. 
Um, but here we have a breakdown of new products coming onto the market by color. The x-axis is a timeline stretching back over two years, and the y-axis is a ratio calculated to normalize the number of new in products coming onto the market for all colors. This ratio does this by removing the influence of market size and color proportion. I've also split the colors into groups that follow similar patterns to make it easier to read. <clears throat> now, if we focus on this first chart, what we see here is a group of colors following a strong seasonal trend. Beginning in October and ending in April, we see a steady increase in the number of new products entering the market in the colors of blue, yellow, pink, orange, and white. This suggests that retailers are pushing these colors strongly for spring and summer. In a similar fashion, the second chart shows a strong seasonal trend, but inversed. Beginning in June and peaking in October, we see retailers pushing blacks and reds really hard for winter. The third chart shows colors that are independent of season. This is equally as interesting because we can see that purple, gray, and greens are represented pretty consistently throughout the year by retailers. Retailers never overcommit to them, but they always ensure that they're represented adequately. Now, this shows the influence of season on colors. Intuitively, and it's pretty obvious to us, that retailers are always going to push different colors at different times of the year. But it's a striking example of how we can use, but the fact it's reflected so strongly in the data is a striking example of how we can use data to bolster and support our assumptions. So, oh, sorry, I'll just go back. I wanted to highlight one thing. So, back to pink. Let's look. Millennial pink actually was coined back here at the height of last year's trend in 2016. This year, the trend has begun as expected beginning in October and peaking in April. We're now seeing double the amount of new pink products entering the market in April than we did back in October. But this is interesting, but it doesn't really tell us much about this season's trend. How does it compare to previous um, new in pink seasonal trends? Well, we can demonstrate that this season's new in trend for millennial pink is larger than expected and bigger than ever before. So, this graph shows, again, the new in ratio, but this time just for pink. And this time, we have some additional data in the form of this dotted line. As stated before, you can see the clear seasonal pushes each year of new pink products entering the market. The good thing about historical data is that we can use it to predict the future. And here, I've used a well-known algorithm that's used to predict season, uh, trends in seasonal time series data called Holt Winters. And I've used it to predict Sorry, Pre no point there. Predict um, this season's trend in pink, and you can see that in the dotted line. But what's really interesting is that what we've actually observed is much is greater than what we predicted. So the forecasts underpredicted this season's trend in pink. This is interesting because it shows that we're seeing more pink products than we expected, and it also highlights that this season's trend looks like it's stronger than we've seen before. It also highlights that what we could be seeing is a new trend on top of the regular seasonal um, push for pink each year. Now, this is interesting, but what we really want to know is, could we have predicted beforehand that this season wouldn't actually follow this forecast? Could we have adjusted our forecast, forecast beforehand so that we could prepare properly for just how popular millennial pink has become this season? 
In order to answer that question, we need to look at some other types of data, not just um, the number of new pink products coming onto the market. So now I want to talk briefly about marketing for retailers, um, specifically online marketing. Using data, we're able to demonstrate that um, retailers increased their marketing of pink in January 2017. And then they maintained this increase in marketing throughout April when we saw the trend for new in products. So at Edited, we have a visual database of retailer websites and newsletters. And in a few clicks, we can search this database to find any mentions of pink in the last few months. Here's a little example of some well-known retailers. Um, and we can see at a glance that they're pushing pink pretty hard. But as a man of data, I definitely prefer numbers, so let's go back to a graph. Again, the top graph here shows the new in ratio for pink, but this time just for the past seven months. We can see a steady increase in new pink products coming onto the market. This below graph shows the fraction of mentions of pink for the same time period um, for, online retailers, uh, for online marketing from retailers. In January, we can see an increase in the mentions of pink highlighting a couple of things. Firstly, um, retailers did not increase their marketing as soon as they started bringing new pink products onto the market, suggesting they wanted to wait a little bit. Secondly, it suggests that they decided to position themselves strongly behind pink in January and commit to the trend. Additionally, the number of pink mentions remained somewhat high throughout this push in April, further highlighting retailers' commitment to the color. Oops, sorry. But is an increase in marketing enough to explain why this season's pink trend is larger than expected? Well, in order to really talk about a trend and say you understand a trend, you always need to look at what the consumers are doing and how the consumers react. So my final observation is that I can show that demand increased for pink dramatically um, in the past few months. Further than that, I can also highlight that this could be the reason that this year we've seen an increased demand for Millennial Pink as opposed to previous seasons. So I'm running out of time, but I'll go pretty quick through this. Again, the first graph shows the number of new in, uh, new in pinks over the past two years, and we can see some the seasonal um, trends each year. And the below graph shows the average SKU sellout percentage for all pink products. Now, a SKU is a size option for a product, and the average SKU sellout percentage is just the percentage of SKUs that have sold out for a given time period for all pink products. But what's really interesting here is that despite previous years we've seen a push for pink products, the average SKU sellout percentage has remained somewhat constant, suggesting demand for pink didn't actually change that much from consumers in the past two years. And what's even more interesting is before this season's trend started, we actually began to see an increase in SKU sellout for pink. So this suggests that what we're seeing is a, what we're seeing this season is a combination of two things: the yearly regular, regular seasonal trend of new new in pink products, but also a sudden consumer demand for pink products, which have combined to create an exceptionally powerful trend this summer, uh, this season. Sorry. So. Oh, and also, what's even more interesting, and my main point from this graph, is that this occurred quite a bit before this season's pink push for pink started. So it suggests that we could have actually used average SKU sellout percentage as an indicator as far back as September 2016 to potentially highlight to us that pink was going to be exceptionally popular this, this season. So this all allows us to come to the conclusion that millennial pink is trending. 
which on its own is a bit boring. We already know that. But what is interesting is that when we really take time to look at the data, we can break, it, break this trend down into two components, a regular seasonal trend that we see every year for pink, but on top of that, this season, a strong consumer-driven trend that has meant that this trend is stronger than we've seen before. Now, I'm just going to skip through these a bit quick. But the good thing about data is we can also look at the underlying characteristics of the trend. We can see what proportion of garments make up this trend. Here, we can see tops, dresses, and footwear account for over half the types of garments for Millennial Pink this season. Additionally, we can look at all the shades and colors that form this trend, um, which gives us a good overview of the types of shades that might make up Millennial Pink. We can look in detail at the nine most common shades for this season. Some of them conform to our ideas of millennial pink, the kind of softer shades of pink. But interestingly, we also have a couple of really vibrant pinks in there. We can do interesting things, because this is just all data, and take the average of these colors um, and actually calculate the millennial shade of the season, as you can see at the bottom here. So really quickly, we've looked at the data behind millennial pink, and it's indicated that it is it supported our idea that Millennial Pink is trending this season, but we've also been able to prove or suggest that it's actually trending stronger than we've seen before due to a cons new consumer-driven trend for Millennial Pink. Even more interestingly is if we had been monitoring this data or using machine learning to monitor this data, we could have quickly identified um, a couple of in uh, an indicator that Millennial Pink, uh, that the demand for Millennial Pink um, was going to increase. And we saw this in September 2016, and it might have given us a bit more time as retailers to prepare for this exceptionally strong trend. But I want to make the point that although we've seen how data can be used to predict or suggest what might become popular in retail, we need to be very careful because using data on its own can be very dangerous. Or as we like to say in England, don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Hence the hilarious photo of eggs. Um, why? Because data can be misleading. Here's an example of someone who followed the data on their GPS so faithfully that they just drove straight into a lake. If you don't understand what the data is telling you, you can make really serious mistakes. Also, very quickly, the financial crisis, lots of factors contributed to this, but a lot of people blame significant blame on one single equation called the Black Skulls equation used by economics to model data. Like all data models, the Black Skulls equation is very powerful, but like all data models, it has assumptions and limitations. And if you ignore these assumptions, um, simplifications and limitations, you can get into real trouble. So, to summarize, when used properly, data can be used to support ideas, generate insights, and predict trends. Data is best used as a complement to human intuition, where context is given through domain knowledge. Only then can powerful insights really discovered. Last slide, really quickly, back to those male rompers and unicorns, tying us all together, hence the title. So we asked at the beginning of the presentation, could we predict if these, uh, will these be successful this summer? Look, now let's use our knowledge of data based on a discussion of pink to try and answer this question. So male rompers, we've seen a 64% increase in new arrivals in the past two months. A bit of intuition, we've seen a strong presence on the spring runway shows. And we've seen a 16% increase in SKU sellout percentage for male rompers. For unicorns, we've seen a 125% increase in new arrivals, a huge, huge push to the market. We've also seen interest from a couple of luxury market retailers. And the pumps you can see behind have been replenished almost three times on ASOS, suggesting that there's interest from consumers. 
So there you have it. Male rompers and unicorns could be going the way of millennial pink this season. Um, yeah, if you want to know any more about the data behind this presentation, feel free to come and talk to me or visit our website at editor.com. Sorry for the rushed last few slides, but thank you very much.